and welcome on in to the JR Sport Brief Show. No JR, though. Ryan Hickey in for JR on this Thursday. Welcome. Appreciate you making us a part of this Thursday right here on CBS Sports Radio. Hopefully the day has been enjoyable. Hopefully you're staying dry. See, it's raining now uh, outside the studio, so that's going to be a nice walk home. Nothing like getting soaking wet late at night in the cold. There's That's probably easily the worst combo you could ever choose. Cold and wet. Oh, can't wait for that. But either way, cold, wet, hot, dry. Either way, appreciate you making us a part of your Thursday right here. Where else? But CBS Sports Radio. All right. So we've had a lot of discussions recently about the college football playoff format. We are getting set this year for the 12-team format to be uh, in place. But already, because the contract runs out after the 2025 season, and right now we got nothing set for 2026 and beyond, college football um, presidents, conference commissioners are scrambling to get a new playoff set for 2026 and beyond. That is why you've heard rumors and reports yesterday of a possible 14-team playoff, of a possible 16-team playoff. There is a discussion right now of what is the best playoff format going forward for the sport. Don't worry, folks. Don't go anywhere. I have your answer. I know what is the best playoff format for college football where everybody is happy. The Big Ten is happy. The SEC is happy. The Big 12, the group of five. We can all wrap our arms around the playoff format I'm about to tell you. You want to know what it is? It's the one we currently have. It's the one we're about to commence to. The 12-team college football playoff is the best. We don't need to expand. We don't need to change anything. The 12-team format is the answer for 2024, 2025, 2026, and beyond. Here is why. The 12-team format specifically checks two boxes the college football playoff needs to check when it comes to having the perfect playoff. Box number one, inclusivity. Box number two, keeping the regular season important. No playoff format checks both boxes outside of a 12-team playoff. It is perfect. Let me explain. Number one, inclusivity. We needed expansion. Expansion is making the sport better. Expansion is making the sport more interesting. Because now with 12 teams, we could go into any given year. And there could be 30 different teams and 30 different fan bases with actual belief. Not hope. Not delusion. Actual belief. They can make a 12-team college football playoff. And guess what? More hope, more schools, more fan bases having belief means more interest. It's not a coincidence that last year was the most watched college football season ever. Why? Because last year was the most open college football has been in arguably my lifetime, going on 30 years old. We got into November, and there was still, we could argue, 10 teams that were in the race for four spots. It's never been that wide open. 
But that wide openness allowed more teams and more fan bases to be involved, which means more people were watching and more people were interested because there was bigger games on. So now when you go to 12, there are going to be more fan bases interested, which means the overall interest of the sport is going to be higher, which is a good thing for all of college football. The 12-team format perfectly, I think, is the right number where it's inclusive, but it's not overblown. Because box number two, the 12-team format also checks, is while it's inclusive and having more teams have a real chance to make the playoff, it also maintains the integrity of the regular season. It also ensures the fact that the regular season is not watered down, if anything. I would argue right now, going into 2022, uh, 2024, this playoff is going to make the regular season even more interesting. Because all of a sudden now, you have games and teams that are important no matter where you are. You could be at the top of the uh, top of the rankings. Your every single game you play is still massively important. Middle of the rankings, five through ten, your games are still very important. And the bottom, those two three spots that are open at the end, those games are still important. Like you look at how this is formatted, twelve team format. The top four teams, one two three four, have a first round bye. You can only get one of those four slots. If you're a conference champion, which means it doesn't matter that Ohio State can run through the regular season at 12 and 0. It doesn't matter that Georgia can blow on every team by 40 points in the regular season and be 12 and 0. If they don't win their conference championship, they will not have a bye, which means they then have to play a first round playoff game. They don't get to bypass, go to round two. So even though Ohio State, let's just say 12-0 is a lock no matter what happens in the conference title game to make the playoff. Same thing with Georgia. In this current iteration, with the way it is, if they don't win their conference championship game, they can't get a bye, which makes the, the conference championship game matter and makes the end of the regular season, even with two or three weeks after we think, well, it's a guarantee Ohio State's in, as it's guaranteed Georgia's in, it still makes those games important because one loss could be the difference between a first-round bye and moving on around two, we're having to play a first-round playoff game. That's going to keep those teams and those fan bases motivated and interested and playing important games down the stretch in November. So the 12-team format makes the top still competitive and makes the regular season matter for them. It makes it for the um, middle-tier teams important as well because if you're seeded 5-8 through eight in the first round of the playoffs, you have a home game. Seeds 5, 6, 7, and 8 host at home the first round of the playoffs. So now that matters because if you're not going to get a top four seed, if you're not going to get a bye, well, then now you're playing for a home game. And what makes college football so special, there's a few things, but one of them is atmosphere. Game day atmosphere. You're telling me there's not a difference between playing a game in Death Valley at night at LSU in a playoff game or playing it at your home building? Having the option to play at home or having to go on the road to play Penn State in a whiteout? Having to go play Oregon on the road? Having to go to Madison and play at Wisconsin? 
the home atmospheres for college football are unmatched. And so now if you're not going to get a bye, you still have every game matter because now you are chasing one of those, you know, seeds five, six, seven, and eight to get a home playoff game and to have, you know, that first round of the playoffs in your advantage. So that makes that, you know, kind of tier of the playoff important. And the back end, obviously, the last few spots, you're scraping by in order to get in. It's, you know, every game matters just to be able to win and, um, you know, impress the committee enough to be ranked inside the top 12 to get a playoff spot. So when you look at right now this 12-team playoff format, I think it's perfect. We don't need to expand. We don't need any changes. It's actually insanely frustrating to hear, you know, this discussion of 14, 16. We have no idea how 12 looks. Can we see how 12 looks first, please? Because on the surface, 12 looks perfect. It's not too big. It's still, you know, formatted in a way where every single team, no matter where you are positioned in the playoff race, your entire regular season matters. It matters. And that's what we want, right? We want inclusivity. More teams making the playoff, which that's the case here. But we also want it to be, you know, to be where the water, uh, the regular season is not watered down. You get the best of both worlds in a 12-team playoff. I don't know another format that would give you the best of both worlds. You'd either shrink it and make the regular season more important or expand it to improve inclusivity, but you would lose one of the two. The 12-team format, as currently we see it right now, is what's best for college football going forward. We don't need expansion. 12 is the answer. The only thing I would change, I think that needs to change with this current format, is we need more home playoff games. The fact that only the first round of the playoffs is on campuses and everything else from there goes to bowl sites is absurd. The fact that teams with a bye, let's just say in this case, because I think they are two of the best teams in the country, Georgia and Ohio State, if they are one and two and they have a bye, they don't get a home game the next round. They're at a, you know, the Ro- the Rose Bowl, the Peach Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl. Like, they're at a, a neutral site bowl game. That, that's not right. We need every game outside of the national championship game to be at a home venues. Lean into what makes college football special. The environment is what makes college football special. Home playoff games at some of these stadiums are going to be the most electric atmospheres we've ever seen. No hyperbole. Most electric atmospheres we've ever seen. Lean into that. I get goosebumps on TV watching some of these home games and hearing the crowd and what it's like there. Dying I was there in person. Why wouldn't you want that for the biggest games of the year? It makes no sense to me why you would prefer a game at the Fiesta Bowl over an LS, a game at LSU. Make it make sense. Or Georgia. Whatever. The shoe. That's my only gripe with this current 12-team format is that it's first round at, stadium, at campuses and everything else is neutral site bowl games after that. Hate that. Otherwise, though, 12 is perfect. We don't need to expand anymore. We don't need any adjustments. We don't, we don't need 14. We don't need 16. 12 is the answer.
if you think you have a better playoff format, like if you think right now a 14, a 16, an 18 playoff right now is better for college football than the 12 team we have right now, tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why you don't think the 12 team format is what's best for college football moving forward. 855 212 4227. 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey. And the number three is where you can find me on Twitter if you want to tweet your thoughts instead of calling. Lee, though, is calling from Cincinnati. What's up, Lee? How much, Ryan? Thanks for taking my call. And I just got to say right now, you are so spot on. Preach on because, you're right, the 12-team playoff is the perfect number, especially with um, the dissolving of the Pac-10 um, there's only four power conferences now. And to take it even further, what I think would make it even better is the top four teams should be the conference champions of the power four conferences that still exist. Because you're still going to be pretty much going to have those anyhow, but it'll make conference games, conference championships that much more important now. Have, have those as the top four. And like you said, uh, all the other teams are going to be the, the, the highest ranked teams past that, which is, of course, is what you want. But you're absolutely right also. Instead of those top four not only just getting a bye, their first playoff games should be home games. Then after that, okay, after the first two rounds, I think you go ahead and start playing at neutral sites like the Fiesta Bowl or the Cotton Bowl or anything. But you are, when it comes to the number there, the 12, you are absolutely correct. They 16 would be too much, 14 would be too much, but I think that eight wouldn't be enough because you said the one four-letter word that makes the biggest difference in college football, and that's hope. And that's what the 12-team playoff gives everybody is hope. Lee, I, I'm i with you. Thank you for the call, buddy. That's also it, too. Like, I, like I, I'll speak for myself, but I feel like I'm speaking for college football fans here when I say this. All we want is hope. Like, I trust me. I would, I'm a Penn State alum. I would die. I won't say kill. Maybe. We'll see. You know, it depends how long the drought is. But I would die for a Penn State national title. I want one so bad. But... I'm not so I'm not trying to create a format here that benefits Penn State or benefits one conference over another. All we want is hope. And part of that hope is getting to the dance. It was impossible to get to a four-team playoff. The committee, you had no idea what the committee was thinking. They could never explain their rankings anyway. They'd go on the ESPN afterwards. They'd ask, oh, why was Florida State four and Washington five? They would give you no reason. They would explain it terribly. They couldn't back up what they what they did. So it's, when it's only four teams, this team, like there's only nine then true teams that have hope going into a season in a four-team playoff of making it. Now in a 12-team format, you give more teams hope to make it. And once you make it, I mean, is Tulane going to be Georgia? No. But hope that Tulane can make the college football playoff is good for college football. Let it be decided on the field. If my team is not good enough, okay, fine. We saw it on the field. Don't let a committee, though, tell me I'm not good enough without actually being ha- uh, without having an opportunity to compete. That's the one thing that bothered me with college football. There was such as gatekeeping. There's holier than now when it came to the college football playoff of how dare we let anyone that's not elite into the playoff. Like, how dare we uh, allow the fifth best team in a league that has 134 teams in it? How dare we allow the fifth best team to compete for a championship? Could you imagine living in that world? 
That's what the sentiment was for this whole four-team playoff. It was stupid. Let it be decided on the field. If we get a blowout here and there, fine. I don't think we're going to get as many blowouts as people think. But it's also you're just giving opportunity. Since when is that a bad thing? Not the last time I checked. And now that's what a 12-team playoff does provide here. Hope and opportunity. I think that's what we as fans want. From there, let the chips fall as they may. But damn it, at least give me hope. But I can make the playoff and then see where things do go from there. 855-212-4227. I think right now the 12-team format we're about to embark on is the best for college football. If you have a better format than the one I just proposed, I want to hear it. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey. And the number three on Twitter. When we return, we'll get your thoughts, but also, too, there was a, some reports coming out of yesterday's meetings. Yesterday was really the first meeting between conference commissioners trying to set a course for what the future playoff formats will look like. There was one report that you want to talk about ruining the regular season. If this is approved, well, I promise you, ruin the college football regular season. I'll tell you what it is when we do return. It's Ryan Hickey in for JR on CBS Sports Radio. It's Ryan Hickey in for JR Sport Brief right here on this Thursday. Appreciate you tuning in. If you miss any part of the show, Hick at Night Podcast. Night spelled N-I-T-E is where you can catch up uh, on things earlier so far. And also on YouTube, Ryan Hickey is the channel. A lot of video content from this show uploaded there where you can watch us on YouTube, CBS Sports Radio is the account. We are streaming live. Hopefully, I make it to 10 o'clock Eastern. Uh, my voice, as you can hear, is deteriorating. Um, if you want to listen back on the podcast, it sounds a lot stronger in hour one, let's say, than it does right now in hour four. But hey, but damn pro. We're going to power through. We are talking right now college football playoff format. What is the best? You, we're obviously getting ready for a 12-team format that's going to uh, get set to take place and debut this upcoming season. And now we're looking at in the future um, what format could be used. There's rumors and reports of a 14-team playoff, a 16-team playoff um, in the future. I think 12 is perfect. I don't think we should expand anymore. I think 12 is the perfect number. With the buys, you keep everybody um motivated in the regular season where every single game matters. You don't water down the regular season, but also you allow for more inclusivity for more, so more teams feel like they have a chance, which I think is what you want in a sport. And that's what college football has been missing for a long time. Now I think is fixed. So I don't think you have to add any more. I think right now with what we have is absolutely perfect. There has been though, a lot of people that have been arguing in the past Playoff expansion is going to ruin the regular season. We got to stay at four because you advance any more or expand any more. The regular season is not going to matter as much. I thought that's nonsense. I think you'll see this play out. The regular season is actually going to be more important in an expanded playoffs, not less important. But there is one thing that was discussed yesterday of being added to the next college football playoff that would absolutely 
ruin the regular season and water it down. And that is multiple automatic qualifiers for conferences. It's been talked about where the Big Ten and the SEC want multiple automatic bids. Not just the conference champion is in, but teams that finish first, second, third, even fourth in the conference automatically get a bid to the playoff. That is ruining the regular season. That right there is awful. That is the worst thing that could happen to college football is if the Big Ten and the SEC each have four automatic qualifiers every single year. That is not college football. That is not, I think, what you want because that absolutely waters down right now what is a great regular season because it eliminates what matters in terms of who you beat and who you lose to. Right, we do reward teams for getting big-time wins. They move up in the rankings, and we punish teams for losing games they shouldn't. But now if, if we have a format where the Big Ten, their top four teams, no matter what they're ranking, their top four teams are making the playoff, you are now, in a way, making wins and losses irrelevant. Because now it doesn't matter who you beat. It just matters that you win. So you could lose to the two or three best teams on your schedule, but beat the other six cupcakes. And guess what? If you finish fourth in the Big Ten, you're going to the playoff, even though your resume with no impressive win would say otherwise. Right? Well, we want teams in the playoff that earn it, that have big-time wins. If they lose a game or two, it's to a good team, not a bad team. But in this proposed, you know, I don't know if in this proposal, we'll say if the big 10 and the SEC get what they want and they have now the third place finisher automatically qualify, you are in a way just completely ignoring the non-conference schedule. Cause it doesn't matter. You could go over three in the non-conference. As long as you play well in the conference, you could still make it in, which that's to me ridiculous. But now you're also minimizing who you play which part of college football is playing good teams and winning, right? Beating those teams. That is something where if the Big Ten and the SEC get more than one automatic qualifier each, that right there is what is going to ruin the college football regular season. Not expanded playoff, but automatic qualifiers. Where now who you beat doesn't matter as much. That is problematic. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. I think a 12-team college football playoff format is the best. What do you think? Glenn is called from Maryland. What's up, Glenn? Hey, what's up, man? Great show, man. I enjoy it. I oh, appreciate you tuning in. What's on your mind? Uh, I think three things we got to accomplish in order to make this thing really, really relevant and win-win all the way around. Because okay. basketball... Next month, what are they going to be talking? March Madness. Mm-hmm. And for two weeks, it's just strictly mad. Every team says, I got a chance if I got a conference tournament. I agree with you 110%. We all, one, one of the things we got to do, we got we to gotta keep the revenue going and the tradition going with the bowl games. I agree. I, I, I can't let the bowl games go. They should, now, my theory is take the top four teams. In addition to making a playoff and getting the first round by, each team get to pick start with the number one team, which bowl game they want to win. If USC is number one, they can pick the Rose Bowl. 
or the Sugar Bowl, whatever. They get the first pick of what bowl game they want, mm-hmm. and most of them will probably pick bowl games close to the vicinity where they play at. Now, the second thing I think we need to do is the first-round games, every player on every team gets $5,000. Even the first round with the four buys, they get five. All mm-hmm. the teams get five in the as well. Okay. You go to the second round, all the players get $10,000. So the first round, if you're a top four, your players are guaranteed 15000 But if you decide I'm not playing in the bowl, I'm going to go pro or whatever, you don't get anything. I don't think so we'll we see, can... Glenn, players opt out of playoff games. That's one thing I would be shocked if we see. I think, you know, even a Rose Bowl now that's not a playoff game, I get it. But I think when it now comes to playing for a championship, I don't think you have to, like, I'm with you in terms of you want to incentivize players. I'm all for it. I just don't think you have, like, if you're if you're doing that because you're afraid players are going to sit out or opt out of a first-round playoff game, I don't think you have to worry about that. And then, and then to make it really juicy, the, the championship game would be in the third round. And instead of 25 and 25 for each team, put 50 in the pot and win a takeoff. Wow. Who gets nothing? All right. I, I, that, would, that would make it very interesting. That would. I, I think either way, appreciate the call, Glenn. Players would play hard for a championship. But, hey, if you again, I'm all for paying the players. If you want to put a monetary incentive on top of a championship incentive, I'm not here to say no. What, I, what I'm not for, though, is Glenn's first point. I don't know why we have to save the Bulls. Like, if George is the number one seed, right, and they get to pick the bowl game, which I, I believe, I'm not, I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to be. Like, George is going to pick the Peach Bowl, right? Would you truly, though, rather see Georgia play the Peach Bowl against Washington, or would you rather see Georgia host a home playoff game between the hedges against Washington? Like, that, that's the only way you lost me, Glenn, in terms of, like, having to preserve the Bulls, needing to keep the Rose Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl and the Cotton Bowl alive in this format, I don't see why. I don't, I don't see why we have to do it. I think, again, you should lean into what makes your sport so great and what makes your sport so great is environment. Sure, you'll get a Georgia-heavy crowd if Georgia's playing their playoff, their second-round playoff game at the Peach Bowl. Right? It's going to be 75% Georgia, especially if you're playing Washington and coming across the country. But it's still di- like you're still missing something that's different from a Georgia home game between the hedges. That's why I'm for as many home games as possible. Lean into the tradition. Lean into the awesome atmospheres that happen all across college football. Michael's calling from Tampa. What's up, Michael? What's up, Hickey? How you doing, man? Good, buddy. What's on your mind, man? Uh, I think the committee got it pretty wrong expanding all the way to 12. Why is I, tr- I truly just don't think there are 12 teams on a yearly basis that deserve to play for a natty. You look at it this past year, arguably since the four-team got implemented, it was probably the most parity we've seen in college football. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. Um, and if you, you, I think eight was a perfect number. Oregon finished ranked eight. I think Oregon could have been a legitimate national championship contender. But outside of that, you got Penn State, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Ole Miss, all of which had pretty much one or two chances to play a legitimate national championship contender. Ole Miss lost both of their opportunities. Penn State, mm-hmm. hate to say it to you, yep, lost, lost both their opportunities. Unfortunately, you're right. Um, my, my, let me ask you this. Uh, let me ask you this, Michael. Like, why is there? So, 
Why is it such a problem that those teams, and again, we're talking about 12, we're not talking about 16 or 20 or 24 and expanding it to three and four lost teams. But in the cases you're talking about, Ole Miss, Penn State, right? They went 10 and two. Why, like, why is there this big, like, we have to keep those teams out? Why, like, they, if they got in the playoff, Ole Miss, Penn State, Missouri, they probably lose in the first round. But, like, why not play it out? Like, what's, I guess I don't see the harm in playing it out. Are you going to watch? It's more so, Hickey, like, you know what college football is. College football is known for the regular season being the most impactful regular season in all of sports. Right. Previously, if you lose one game, you're done. With the college football playoff, occasionally you saw a two-loss team get in. Right. And now it just keeps on getting easier and easier to qualify for the playoff. Like you mentioned, if multiple conferences get multiple automatic bids, their regular season's ruined. But even with the 12 team, you play two really good teams. Like Penn State, they had their opportunity to prove that they were a national championship contender twice. Not one time. It wasn't a fluke game, but twice. Lost both those opportunities. Okay, you're not a national championship contender. That's just the end of it. I hear you, Michael. But again, my thing is just, I guess I don't understand two things. I appreciate the call. Like, I don't understand why, like, there is this big, like, we can't watch this. We can't watch a 10-2 and team play an 11-1 and team in the playoffs. The NFL expanded to seven teams a few years ago. A lot of people bitched. And guess what? Now we get great games. No one's complaining. You're going to get more college football. I don't think that's a bad thing, number one. But to your first point, Michael, is why I'm also in for 12. You just said it before. Last year, 2023, that college football season, there was the most parity we have had, again, I would argue in 25 or 30 years. That's only going to increase. Like, why do you think that parity was there last year? Coincidence? I would say no. NIL, transfer portal, like those, those instruments have been in place to spread talent out, to prevent any high school player worth his salt from picking between Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. Now, all of a sudden, schools can offer, some schools can offer you more money. Some schools can offer you starting time. If things don't go well at Alabama after a year or two, you can leave, go to another school, and play right away. Like, those were put in, those mechanisms, mechanisms were put in to promote parity, to spread talent out, to make sure there's not one dynastic team, but to also make sure there's 10, 12, 15 competitive schools. And I think that's what we're getting. And so I think we're going to see parity expand a little bit more where I think on a given year, we could have 10 or 12 teams legitimately vie for a championship. And if in one year we only get six, okay, we'll play the playoff games and it's college football. It's 18 and 22-year-old kids. Craziness happens. We won't get the upset rate that we do in, in March Madness, right, a 15 beating a two on a not regular basis, but now you're seeing it more, more often than ever. But I think we're going to see upsets. There's no predicting college football. So I also don't think, like, I think it's short-sighted to think that we're just going to have chalk in a 12-team playoff. There's no way a 12 will beat a 5 or an 11 will beat a 6. I don't think that's the case. I'm here for the chaos. And I don't think it's the worst thing if, you know, you're talking about 8 teams, 8 to 12. I don't think the gap is that. Like, I don't think you're going down the... um, caliber of team 
going from 8 to 12, and you're all of a sudden now bringing in teams that have no capability whatsoever of winning a championship or at least winning a game. I still think you'll have a competitive playoff with 12 teams, and I think now you're going to see that parity really spread even more throughout the sport of college football. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. We'll take your thoughts on the best college football playoff format when we return. And also, there's a report out about Nick Sirianni and the Eagles. Should the Eagles already have regrets about bringing their head coach back? I'll tell you what the answer is yes. Next, Ryan Hickey in for JR. It is Ryan Hickey in for JR right here on CBS Sports Radio. I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but I think I'm going to make it. My voice has deteriorated by the segment. We are holding on right now for dear life. This has really come out of nowhere. I had a sore throat this time last night. Still talking fine. Just, you know, that annoying, like anytime you swallow, it just kind of hurts to swallow. So you kind of try not to, but then it's hard not to. It's oh, the worst part about getting sick is, is the, the throat pain. But all of a sudden now, here we are. Uh, throat feels better, ironically. Voice sounds uh, shot. So I think, I think, knock on wood, we're going to make it to the end of the show. And hopefully we should be back here tomorrow as I'm in for JR on a Friday. Hopefully voice get a little, a little energized, you know, get a few cough drops down there. Um, and we'll be set to go for a fun Friday show for sure. But we'll finish out today as strong as we possibly can with the voice in uh, incomplete shambles. Let's, I want to finish off this, uh, this show with the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought last month after the Eagles were blown out by the Buccaneers and their season ended in mediocrity, they should have fired Nick Sirianni. Because the biggest thing I kept asking was, what does Nick Sirianni do well? Like, why can't you fire him? What is his redeeming quality? He's not the offensive play caller. He's not the defensive play caller. His number one role is being a leader, right? Being the CEO, getting his guys ready to play, being a motivator, and having his guys locked in and focused. What was the biggest thing that derailed the Eagles' season? Lack of leadership. There's infighting. There's drama. There's chaos. There's faith lost in the coaching staff. They were 10-1 and and then proceeded to be one of the worst teams in the league (laughs) down the stretch. You never see a team that talented look so bad for a two-month stretch, but that was the Eagles. And Nick Sirianni, what he was supposed to do, first and foremost, provide leadership, make sure that team is ready to play. He failed and failed horribly. I thought the Eagles should have fired him because it's not like he brought a lot to the table that could not be replaced in another head coach. Obviously, they didn't do it. So I thought the Eagles... Should have fired him. I thought they would fire him. I was wrong. But now you hear a new report, and it looks like the Eagles made a mistake. Looks like I was right. According to Derek Gunn, longtime Eagles reporter, now works for Jacob Sports in Philadelphia. He had this tweet a few days ago. I'm going to read to you verbatim. Quote, according to sources, Jalen big contract pulled in numerous directions on off-field 
put him under a lot of pressure he didn't handle well. Big Dom, their security guard, suspended. He controls Sirianni's emotions on the sideline. In his absence, Nick gets numerous arguments with players, coaches, during games. Quote, end quote. How can you bring Nick Sirianni back when this is the case? How can you truly bring Nick Sirianni back if this season was derailed by a security guard not being at the sidelines? What are we doing? You're telling me that Big Dom's presence, or lack thereof, I should say, on the sideline the final two months of the year is why the Eagles couldn't get things figured out? Why Nick Sirianni is blowing up at his players and his coaches because he can't control his emotions? He is the maturity of a 15-year-old? What are we doing? How can the Eagles truly sit there and feel confident they're making the right decision to bring this guy back when he needs another adult to make sure he's in line? What are we doing? What is Philly doing? He should have been fired. And I think if you're an Eagles fan, this gives you now zero confidence going forward. You have no reason to think that even though they swapped out both the offensive and defensive coordinators, that things are going to be different next year. You have no reason to think that. Because the lack of leadership is still there. It starts with the head coach, and if he doesn't change, nothing else will. Kellen Moore, Vic Fangio, neither will succeed if Sirianni continues to act like the child he's acted like last year. That's embarrassing. That that is embarrassing that the Eagles continue to employ him. That's embarrassing for Sirianni. You need another man to check your emotions. You're the head coach of an NFL team. You are supposed to be the calmest person on the sidelines. You're supposed to keep everyone calm if they're panicking and things are not going well. I mean, look at the Super Bowl. Andy Reid, in the biggest game of the year, with all attention on him and his team, he has one of his star players in Travis Kelsey almost knock him on his ass during a commercial break. Andy Reid would have been well within his right to scream at Travis Kelsey, push him back, Hell, maybe take a swing. Andy Reid could have done a lot there. And I think he would have been well within his right to after Travis Kelsey violated him and disrespected him. And you know what Andy Reid chose to do? Remain calm. Be the bigger person. Didn't make it a bigger deal. Talk to Travis calmly. Didn't want this one moment spiraling into a bigger storyline where now it's taking away from the game and now all of a sudden his team is distracted because the star tight end and the great head coach are fighting and are at odds. That's what real men do. That's what real maturity and a real head coach is. What Andy Reid showed you on the sideline of the Super Bowl. What Nick Sirianni is allegedly doing is the complete opposite. I mean, I would have loved to see if Sirianni... Was in Nick uh, was in Andy Reid's shoes, and Travis Kelsey bumped him. You think Sirianni is going to just laugh it off? He may throw a punch. He may try to fight him right there. But that lack of maturity is why there is no reason to believe right now in the Eagles next year. 
If your head coach can't figure it out, if your head coach can't be trusted where if his head of security is not there, he's all of a sudden melting down, you don't have a championship head coach. End of story. As a reminder, this portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. Wesleyfinancialgroup.com. That'll do it for today's show. Appreciate you tuning in and making us a part of your Thursday. If you missed any part of the show, Hick at Night Podcast, night spelled N-I-T-E is where you can check it out. Also check out on YouTube a lot of video content from the show. Ryan Hickey is the channel name. I will be back in this same time slot tomorrow, filling in for JR on a Friday. So looking forward to talking with you then. A big thank you to Jack Stern for producing tonight's show. Don't go anywhere. Bart Winkler is up next. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Talk to you Friday. It's been Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio.